Hey guys, so I tried to do this last night, just, you know, really didn't come out the way I would want, so I figured I'd do it today, you know, basically being a little bit more awake and all that, but I wanted to come on here because, you know, as I tried talking about in the original recording, I've been kind of on the Titanic kick, if you will. Now, we all know that you know, in the past, you know, several months, you know, basically November up till now, and even I think at least up till spring, uh, which is tomorrow, spring actually starts tomorrow, uh, everybody is celebrating and talking about the 25th anniversary of James Cameron's uh, Titanic film, you know, the big blockbuster film that became the first to uh, achieve $1 billion at the box office. And I know this because I helped contribute to it when I went and saw it uh, when it first came out uh, in theaters. Now, with that said, though, because of the 25th anniversary, a lot of places associated with the Titanic, you know, tied to it in some shape or form, are pretty much going out of the way to help celebrate not only the movie's anniversary, but to finally give more in-depth info on the Titanic. As a matter of fact, recently, uh, I think uh, WHOI, I think that's their name for short, or is it... Uh, I think that's their name. I think it's uh, WHOI for short, uh, released... Um, footage that was recorded 37 years ago, just about 37 years ago this year, of when they first not only discovered the Titanic, but of the video and the footage that they first took of it. Video and footage that nobody had seen until now. And this, again, was done with submersibles and drones back in the 1980s. The, you know, the kind that basically could go down there for at least, I would say, 15 to 30 minutes. And then they would have to bring them up. And I think this was also around the time, you know, that... You know, again, everybody, every news outlet was talking about uh, this discovery because, you know, for years, you know, before the year, you know, before this happened for years, you know, in decades and cent, well, I wouldn't say centuries, but for decades and years, you know, people have been trying to locate the exact pinpoint of where the Titanic sank. And when this happened in 1985 and 1986, not only did it, you know, uh, basically get the attention of the new, of the world, but like I said, it got the attention of all the news outlets because, you know, like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, here was this famous ship that basically was said to be unsinkable, which had sank in 1912, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's, you know, for years and for years and decades and all that, try to, you know, everybody's been trying to look for it. You know, they're now all probably sitting at home, you know, watching the news and hearing about the fact of, oh my gosh, they, you know, these people in the 80s did something that we couldn't do in our in our lifetime because, you know, we didn't have the technology at the time. Now. We do have to understand the technology, like I said, you know, you know, the technology that they were using at the time, I should say, was still kind of new. So, you know, as I mentioned, you know, being able to go down there for, you know, you know, such a long time, you know, like they can do now, 
uh, pretty much was, you know, as they would say, you know, not available to them at that time. Like they could go down there in little submersibles, little submarines, if you will. Hold on for a sec. Get me some coffee to keep awake here. Like I said, I just woke up. Like I said, you know, they didn't have the technology they do now with the submersibles and stuff to allow them to go down, go down there for almost, I would say, several hours or something. Uh, now, you know, because back then they could only do it for about, you know, like I said, a few minutes, 30 minutes tops, and then they have to be brought back up. In fact, one of the uh, original divers in the submersibles, in one of the original submersibles back at that time, said they couldn't stay down there for too long because they started to tread on water. They started to bring on water, so they had to come back up. But with that said, though, um, you know, the thing is to, to hear all these stories and, and news and to finally see the footage that, again, nobody had actually really seen publicly, you know, when it was first discovered. To see this now compared to a lot of the footage and stuff we see recently, it's very astonishing to see the big difference, if you will, you know, the big difference of, you know, of when they first saw the Titanic to, you know, how it, to compare it to what it looks like right now because, you know, back then, uh, basically the Titanic, even though it was, you know, pretty much split in two, you know, things were falling apart on it, it was still in fairly decent condition. Like, if they had technology back then to do what people still hope to this day, you know, that they want them to do, and that's lift it back up, you know, to the surface, you know, there's no doubt that back then, had they, to, had they the money, the resources, and the technology to do so, that if they had, the, you know, had that opportunity back then, they would have done it. And, you know, allowed it to, I guess, finish in a way its maiden voyage to New York, even if they had to help carry it, you know, pull it, if you will. You know, they would have done it. There's no doubt they would have done it because of the fact that, you know, it was still it was still in fairly decent condition to where if it got resurfaced, you know, yeah, parts of it would fall off, but not entirely, and they'd get most of it back, or what's left of it, most of what's left of it back uh, intact. But now, but now, when you look at the, the Titanic and a lot of the footage and videos, the 4K videos, the 8K videos, and and all that that are being shot and shared with the public, shared with the world, the photos, you know, the HDR photos of, you know, and all that. You can, uh, you could definitely see that the, the, that the Titanic, you know, is not what it used to be anymore of when it was first discovered. It, I mean, it's still somewhat, uh, very reminiscent of when it got first discovered, but it's like, um, but it's like, yeah, you know, this, <laughs> you know, this, um, this ship pretty much is, as the old saying goes, on its last legs at the bottom of the sea. I mean, literally it is, because uh, some of the people, because there was one video, in fact, let me start over here. There was one video, you know, I was watching where one of the guys, I think it was from Ocean Gate, 
uh, went down there uh, recently and said that the last time they had gone down there, one of the masts, one of those holding masts, if you will, uh, on the ship, uh, you know, was lying, you know, straight across, right, right between, you know, a certain section of the ship that was broken down, but upon this second, you know, uh, dive or second trip down to Titanic, that that um, that po- that sternum, if you will, not sternum, but what was it, the the sternum pole, whatever it's called, that I just said, I just completely forgot what what the word was I just used. I do apologize. Or bow, sternum bow, if you will, my pole, that instead of lying across, straight across, it had now broken down and bound into two halves. Basically, it broke apart, uh, essentially. Uh, they mentioned that the one of the more famous, uh, one of the more famous, um, uh, I guess you could say, pictures and videos taken. You know, when it got first discovered and throughout various trips down there, the captain's bathtub, uh, which would have rust and, you know, sea life and coral reefs and everything overflowing in it. But, you know, you could still see it there. A lot of people say that that's gone now, that the, the bathtub is completely gone. It is disintegrated, if you will. Um, some are saying that potentially, even though it's not fact yet, that the radio that was sent out to send the distress signal, that it's still down there in the radio room or what's left of the radio room, but it's buried under all the rust and all the sea life. And that if they don't get a chance to at least recover that, you know, if they don't get at least a chance to recover that, if you will, that uh, basically that's going to get lost to the to the uh, sands of time or the oceans of time uh, very soon, just to the fact that you know the sea the sea uh, the seawater you know the sea the seawater you know the the salt in the sea ocean of, of the Atlantic pretty much is deteriorating a lot of stuff. It's pretty much deteriorating it to the point that. A lot of people have said that give it a matter of time, give it decades, maybe even less than decades, maybe a few decades, and the Atlantic will pretty much swallow up, you know, completely, you know, the Titanic itself. And there won't be nothing left there but maybe just a reef, you know, because our ocean, you know, bits of ocean life and plant life growing around it and living in it, that... You know, they're saying that by the time you know it, it you know it goes completely away, that all you're going to see is something in the shape of the Titanic, you know, just standing in its place. Or you're going to see something on the ocean floor that is just remnants of the Titanic, and that's it. So yeah, you know there are you know so yeah people, you know they look at the radio, you know as being something down there that they have to get their hands on. You know, at least to try to figure out exactly what was said on that night, as chilling as that might sound. You know, they at least want to try to figure out if maybe by pulling that up, they can, you know, maybe, you know, you figure out with with, with what's left of it, you know, exactly what was said. Um, but, yeah, you know, overall, they, there are a lot of things there that pretty much, you know, uh, when you compare, like I said, the, the first time it was discovered to the more recent times that people have been down there, 
it, it you could definitely tell that the ship is as i mentioned on its last legs it is basically on the verge of being completely absorbed into the sea period uh within a matter of decades if not years i mean that i mean this is why i believe you have you know ocean gate you have uh, W-H-O-I-E, you got people, you know, tied to the Titanic uh, history and expeditions that are willing to go out of the way to give people like me, if they have the money, if they have the money, and that's a big if, people like me, you know, an opportunity to go down and see the Titanic at least once in a lifetime. You know, it's kind of like, you know, hold on for a sec while I get more coffee here. You know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, saying that you want to go to Disneyland or Disney World once in your lifetime to say, to say that at least you did it and feel like, hey, you've checked off a big, you know, you know, uh, you know, a big item off your bucket list that, you know, despite what may happen to you in the future, you could say, hey, at least I stepped foot in one of the Disney parks. That's kind of how, you know, Titanic is for a lot of folks. You know, if they have, you know, if they have the money to do it, you know, to go down there and at least see it just once, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those opportunities that, you know, despite what might happen to you in the next, you know, several years or something like that, next couple of decades, you can at least say, or you could at least say basically that you got to see the Titanic up close and personal as part of these as part of these uh, tours, if you will, that you know places like Ocean Gate are are giving. But like I said, that's if you have the money, because believe it or not, these things are not cheap whatsoever. They're not affo- they're not that as affordable as you think, because you know one lady spent thirty years, thirty years saving up to see it. And it was worth the wait. It was worth the saving, if you will. But, you know, outside of that, you know, outside of that, you know, you basically have to hope to win the lottery. You have to hope to win, you know, the lottery uh, in your state or in the country to even consider this being one of your trips you want to do. In fact, one person uh, in a report that CBS Sunday Morning did recently one person he, that they found out did exactly that, that they used part of the winnings to go and see the Titanic, or at least I think that's what they, they said. But basically, you know, for one person, for one person, it would cost $250,000. Yeah. So for, let's say, so let's say you're a couple. And you're thinking, you know, as part of your anniversary, wedding anniversary, or even your honeymoon, you want to go see the Titanic? Together, it would cost you about $50,000. And that's not including, you know, f- you know money for tickets for, the pl- for your plane to get to uh, the area of Newfoundland, or at least the region of Newfoundland, Canada, and all that. That's not counting, you know, setting up for at least one or two nights hotel stay uh, before you board the submersible for at least 12 hours or, you know, stuff like that. You know, that's not counting any of that. You know, that's not counting. That's not, you know, that's not just counting any of that, you know, as well, because when you add all that together, 
you're looking at something in the six thousand, maybe seven hundred thousands, at least. And you also gotta, like I said, look at the money you're gonna be spending. You know, when you get, you know, to that area of Canada to get something to eat and all that too. Again, you're looking at something in total that could be around the seven hundred thousands. Uh, if you're a couple, uh, individually, you could be looking at something that's near 450000 Basically, you have to add on $200,000 more, in my opinion. But yeah, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. And I guarantee you, though, and I, but, not and, but let me rewind that. Okay. What I was trying to say, what I was trying to say is this, that it's not cheap, but I guarantee you, though, if any of us, And I mean any of us, you know, were millionaires across this country that were fascinated with things like the Titanic and at least wanted to see it once in our lifetime. I guarantee you, if any of us had the money to do so, if any of us, you know, all of us here in the U.S., if not the world, were millionaires, billionaires, if you will, I guarantee you part of our money would be going towards wanting to see the Titanic. Even if we won $170 million or $7 million, we'd be like, okay, we're spending 250000 of that. Altogether, maybe almost 500000 of that because I want to go see the Titanic. And that's it. That would be the one thing we'd want to do outside of paying bills and helping others and all that. That would be the one thing we'd want to do. You know, we'd want to do that. Mainly because it's something that you, you basically you look at as I mentioned earlier, as you know, as strange a comparison as may be, you know, as you know, something to be the equivalent of, you know, go to Disneyland, go to Disney World just once in your lifetime and say, hey, I did this, I stepped foot in those parks, you know, and no matter what happens to me in the future, at least I could say I did that, and nobody could take that away from me. I mean, for me, looking back on it, eleven going on 11 years this summer, I could say at least I finally stepped foot 11 years ago in Disneyland. At least I could say that, you know. At least I have that. At least I have that to hang my hat on. But like I said, that's as strange of a comparison as it may be. That's how a lot of folks feel about wanting to see the Titanic. You know, it's basically something that they want to say at least they did once in their lifetime if they can afford to do it. But with all that said and everything, one question still lingers, and I mentioned it earlier. That question that still lingers, even to this day, you know, is can the Titanic or what's left of it be raised back up? Now, before you say anything, I do understand that there is an international agreement. There is an international agreement not to really disturb it anymore, basically not to extract artifacts anymore and all that. I understand there is that agreement. I understand that when, you know, if you're part of an expedition team or you're a tourist or whatever that goes down there that can afford to do it, that the only thing you can do is maybe at most uh, just you know, lay down a plaque or something like that, or some kind of dedication to those who lost their lives in the tragedy. I understand that. I understand that the most you can do when it comes to artifacts is just have whatever robot hands that you might have available to you 
to pick up certain artifacts and be like, yeah, look at this, and all that kind of interesting, right? So, uh, so yeah, I understand that there are, there are those, you know, limitations, those rules and everything. Basically, an international agreement not to disturb the site because it's looked at not just as a memorial, like, let's say, you know, um, the 9-11 area is, you know, in New York because of what happened, you know, there, uh, tragically, almost, what's it going to be this year, uh, 20, 22 years ago? Wow. 22 years ago, um, I, I understand it's kind of in that same vein that, hey, you know, it's a memorial site that you want to at least leave, leave you know, uh, in the way, you know, like you want to basically, you know, make something out of it to dedicate to the memories of those lost, but you want to like keep a certain part of it, you know, uh, basically as it, I guess you could say as it was left, if you will, after everything happened to, you know, pay respect, you know, to those lost in, the, in that tragedy. So I can understand, as crazy as that comparison was, um, I can understand the reason, you know, you know, for the international agreement when it comes between the U.S. and Canada and the United Kingdom and other, con- other continents, you know, I can understand the agreement of, you know, let's leave the Titanic alone and everything and, you know, not extract any more stuff to, in, you know, not extract and remove any more things from it to bring to the surface. You know, I understand that. I get it. I understand that. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I think the biggest difference that... You know, I think the biggest difference that both, both, well, not both, but all parties involved will look at as years and decades go by is, you know, if they were to make a comparison, you know, if you will, if they were to make a comparison, you know, to certain other similar memorial areas because of tragedies like 9-11 and all that, you know, I, I'm not saying this would happen, and I'm not saying this to be disrespectful, but I guarantee you those that are part of this agreement and those that are part of expeditions that are also part of the agreement, you know, they're probably thinking to themselves as years and days and decades go on that, you know, they can understand the whole 9-11 deal. You know, that's, that's not, you know, that's, a, that's not something that, you know, is going to go away anytime soon because for a lot of us it happened in our lifetime. It happened for a lot of us, you know, as we got into adulthood and all that, or for a lot of us that were starting high school or even, you know, grade school, elementary school, you know, junior high, middle school for the first time. It happened in our lifetime, so it's going to, you know, individually happen. We saw it visually happen, so it's something that, you know, is going to stay in our memories for a very long time for the rest of our lives. Because, you know, the old question will be, where were you, or do you know where you were when it happened? And we could all basically say where we were. Um, but for uh, Titanic, I think the argument that they got about that is none of us were born at that time. None of us were even alive at that time. You know, a lot of us, if you believe religiously, were waiting our turn in heaven to be brought, to, to be, you know, beamed down by God himself into 
you know, the wombs of our, of our, you know, would-be mothers to, to be part of our, our fam- to be part of our would-be family in the future. You know, so if you believe in that kind of scenario, we will, you know, just looking down and everything and basically being like, you know, not re- basically being like, you know, not realizing what was going on or even paying attention because, you know, again, we weren't alive at that time. Again, I know it sounds kind of strange to say that. I do apologize. But like I said, you know, that would be the one argument they would make is none of them were alive at that time. So, and you know, so basically it'd be like, you know, what's really holding them back, you know, and everything. I mean, yes, there are descendants. There are ancestors. There are descendants and everything uh, to this, you know, that are still alive to this day, you know, if you will. You know, still alive to this day, and everything that you know they have to consider, and all that. But again, with that being the exception, you know, like I said, I think the argument they would have is, you know, you know that basically a majority of people, that a, a majority of those that survived and everything are no longer with us. So, like, you know, like what's holding us back? You know, like, what's holding us back from, you know, maybe considering, you know, before it's completely lost to the, you know, the sea of time itself, considering bringing it back up, or at least what remains of it. And I think, I think that's the argument. It's like, you know, the, again, again, I know I sound like I'm rambling a little bit. I do apologize. But again, I think that's the that's the thing. When if you if they were to make comparisons between any other memorial sites based on tragedies and all that in the past, you know, century of, if you if you will, in the past century or so, they'd be like, yeah, this one's understandable, you know, that because that's fresh in everybody's mind. That one's understandable because that's fresh in everybody's mind because of the fact that a lot of it happened in the lifetime of many of us. You know, happened in the lifetime of many of us. So they would be looking at all of that and be like, yeah, you know, that's going to remain fresh in people's mind for a long time because it happened in their lifetime. And, you know, they, they can make the argument of, hey, you know, leaving those memorial um, sites alone or certain, leaving certain artifacts that still are at the bottom of the ocean and everything due to tragedies alone, you know, that they can understand that. I mean, recently, I don't know if they brought it up or something. I think they may have. You know, some would say, hey, you know, leave whatever's left the Challenger, the the shuttle Challenger, you know, leave it alone. Leave it at the bottom because, you know, you can, you know, because by pinpointing where certain pieces are, you know, of Challenger, you know, at the bottom of the ocean, you can pinpoint exactly where, you know, maybe where the rest of the parts are. And I guarantee you, people are like, leave that alone. You know, treat that like, you know, it's Titanic. Like, you know, that's the memorial site of where most of the plane, or most of the ship went, or most of the spacecraft went down. You know, leave it there. You know, leave those parts there as a memorial. And they might do that. Who knows? They might do that after recovering this one piece or finding this one piece. They might do that. They might just, and I think they've even considered it. You know, just leaving part of that there, you know, knowing that, hey, maybe most of the rest of Titanic, or at least its debris, is around. 
you know, they could say, oh, yeah, we, we could just leave this here as a memorial because it, along with any other debris that might be in that, you know, region, you know, uh, will be looked at as a memorial to that tragic day in 1986. But, again, I think the big difference, they, a lot of these people at Ocean Gate and WHOI and other places in those part of the international agreement would be like, look, you know, we understand, you know, keeping this a sacred memorial, we get it. Or keeping this as a memorial, not sacred, but as a memorial and to the tragedy that happened in 1912. But over time, I guarantee you, you're going to have new members coming in that will be part of this agreement, that will know about the agreement, you know, from an international standpoint. You'll have new members coming in, but I guarantee you a lot of those new members might be younger, and even though they might be understanding, you know, they'll have a fresh set of minds, and they'll be like, you know... You know, look, they'll be like, you know, look, we get the, we get the, we get the, uh, the agreement, we understand the agreement, but, you know, time's running out. And I'm sure one person or several people that will be part of this international agreement group, you know, that get filtered in, you know, in replace of others, they might make that argument of, look, you know, you know, time's running out. And if we want to have any preservance, you know, of what's left of Titanic, we need to at least consider bringing it back up or bringing up what the remains of it uh, are left down there. You, know, you can't tell me that, you know, members current and new of the agreement between all continents are not thinking that. You can't tell me they aren't because they are. And I guarantee you people at Ocean Gate and at WHOI, you know, and other places that do these expeditions and these tours – you know, you can't tell me they're not waiting, you know, right, I wouldn't say literally, but figuratively by their cell phones or by the landline phones that they have access to. You know, you can't tell me that they are not trying to, um, you know, they're not trying to, you know, hope, well, not trying to, but they're not, well, yeah, they're not, you, you're too, okay, let me rewind here for a second. All right, sorry about that, I almost got tongue-tied. But you cannot tell me, you know, not, you know, trying right now to plan out in their minds, you know, what the potential opportunity could present to themselves. Like, you're not telling me someone's not sitting, you know, at home right now, you know, you know, trying to come up with an idea of, okay, what, what, what can we do or, you know, what's our strategy if we get that phone call to say, hey, you know, everybody's agreed that the, you can bring the Titanic up. What can we do? How can we make it happen without losing any more of the Titanic to the ocean? You know, I guarantee you some people are at their home right now planning that and thinking that to themselves. Like, what can we do? How can we make this happen if we get that opportunity? You know, because they are. People are doing that. And I can also guarantee you, like I said, there are people, as part of the international agreement, that are considering coming up with an argument or some kind of reasonable, well, yeah, reasonable argument, um, if you will. They're trying to come up with some reasonable argument to be like, you know, hey, we need to, you know, we need to figure out how to bring the Titanic back. We need to figure out a way to, you know, bring it back to the surface or what's left of it. You know, but, you know, maybe keep some part of it down there as part of a memorial, but, you know, bring up key parts of it to not only display for the public for historical significance, 
you know, and everything, but also to study more intently, you know, exactly what happened over 110 years ago, if not plus more than that, by the time they would come up with that decision. You know, you can't tell me that some members of those international agreement communities, you know, like the Senate, the House, the parliaments, and all that, you cannot tell me they're not thinking to themselves, you know, you know, they're not thinking to themselves, okay, what kind of decent, reasonable argument can I come up with to get people to ultimately, unanimously agree to make this happen before time runs out? And, you know, the Atlantic basically claims all of the, Titan- all of the Titanic into its, own, um, into its own existence, basically absorbs it, if you will. I guarantee you they're coming up with different ideas and scenarios. But in closing, because again, like I said, I know I sound like I ramble, I do apologize. In closing, do I think in my lifetime, do I think in my lifetime, my older sister's lifetime, both my older sisters, my nephews, both my nephews' lifetimes, my niece's lifetime, my great nephew's lifetime, my great niece's lifetime, you know, my future nephew-in-law, my future niece-in-law, if you will, um, do I think in any of their lifetime, and like I can say including mine and my sisters and even our cousins, do I think, you know, the Titanic will get raised? Do I think people that are part of this international agreement will unanimously agree to basically finally just, you know, make it happen in some shape or form? You know, kind of come up with some kind of compromise? Do I think it will happen? Do I think that the technology will evolve and grow more as time goes on for you know, to make it happen? Yeah, I do. I do think it will happen. But like I said, I don't think it's going to be all the Titanic. I think they're going to remain. They're going to keep what remain. You know, I, I think they're going to keep parts of it down there, but they're going to try to bring up certain parts of it, you know, for display as well as study, you know, to see exactly what happened. You know, like they could have taken that big old hall off the starboard bow, which they say it's from. And they could have just said, you know what, let's just leave it down here, not remove it, and that's it. And they could have easily, even to this day, taken that starboard bow, put it back down in the ocean exactly where they found it, and left it alone. But they haven't done that. The, you know, the point that I'm getting at, though, the point that I'm getting at is, you know, I think... You know, I think over time it's going to happen. I think over time it's going to happen. But, yeah, I, I do see it happening. Like I said, they're going to find a way to do it that's going to keep part of the Titanic, maybe a, a chunk of it, a major part of it, still at, at the bottom of the ocean, but bring up enough to where they could say, okay, world, here's what remains of Titanic. We were able to bring it in some of what we could for its final dock. In New York, like it was supposed to have over 110 years ago, here you go. They might be able to compromise to do that, or they might be able to compromise and say, hey, you leave the ship alone. You leave the ship alone, but whatever artifact you can find that remains down there at the bottom of the ocean where it sank, you you can. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe part of the agreement would be, hey, you leave the ship alone, but you can recover all the artifacts. You do that. You're good to go. And maybe that's what happens. Maybe that's the compromise. Maybe all the artifacts that are down there are still, they, you know, if they're still down there and not lost to the sea, 
you know, they'll be able to recover and bring up, but leave the ship in, intact, leave it alone. You know, that might be the compromise, but I do see somehow major parts of the Titanic, even if it's the artifacts, I do believe sometime in this lifetime, those, you know, it will be, those will be brought to the surface. Either it's going to be a part of the ship, a major part of the ship, or it's going to be basically the remaining artifacts. I do see that. I really do see that. But, yeah, I, I truly believe that before my lifetime's over and before my sister's lifetime, my cousins, my great-niece, my great-nephew, my nephews and my niece, I do, my nephew-in-law, my niece-in-law, I do believe it's going to happen. You know, I do believe it's going to happen. It's just a matter of, you know, when and how, you know, from a time perspective, you know, when it takes place or when it occurs. But what do you guys think? Do you think it'll happen? Do you think it, you know, it will happen? Do you think there'll be an opportunity where some kind of compromise will be reached to either parts of the ship might be brought back up carefully? Or do you think maybe it'll just be the artifacts? What are your thoughts? Do you, or do you think they'll just leave it as it is? Because it, it won't matter either way. You know, it's, it's always going to be there for at least, according to several scientists and all that, and researchers, several more decades, maybe even less. But what do you guys think? Let me know down below in the comments, as well as in the live chat down below. Like the video. You will get an audio podcast version of this at BW Rosas Discussions. And other favorite audio podcast platforms, except for Pandora. Also, check me out at dvnart.com, that's bvw1979, vmail at bwroses for content you can't get anywhere else here on YouTube. Also, check me out at patreon.com, that's bwroses for the $1, $3 tier. Also, check me out at Venmo at brian-walmer-2 and at cash app at bwroses98. Also, click on the upper left-hand corner if you're, li- if you're watching and listening on YouTube. Click on the upper left-hand corner, um, if you will. To check out my Teespring store for merchandise you can't get anywhere else. But guys, give me your thoughts overall. I'd love to hear from each and every one of you on this. And until next time, I am out.